Amen. Well, it's preaching time. Take your Bibles, turn over to Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah chapter number 40. Love good singing, but I tell you, I love preaching. And uh, this passage of Scripture has been ministering to our hearts now already for several weeks. And we're going to jump into part three this morning. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you what God has given to us from Isaiah chapter number 40. When you find your place, stand with me, please. And we will begin reading in verse number 28. If you're there, say amen. amen. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. This morning we are going to pick up in this series. We've already looked at the prerequisites of a renewal. We talked about all the many things that come into our life that cause us to faint and to be weary and to have no strength. And then we looked last week at the premise of renewal, and that is the first part of verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord. There are conditions and stipulations to this. But thirdly, and this morning we're going to look at the promise of renewal. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We're going to look at that this morning. Ask God to help us. Lord, as we come to you this morning and we endeavor to preach, Lord, we realize, I realize I'm so unworthy. Lord, I'm so unworthy to stand here this morning and to declare the word of God and to break the bread of life. But I pray that you would, Lord, please give us liberty and the power and anointing and may God's people benefit. May somebody that's not saved this morning come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior, may you be magnified in this message, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. We're gonna jump right into uh, the thought this morning. I've got a lot of ground to cover, three simple points, but Lord, I've given me a lot of uh, supplemental passages of scripture, and if it's okay this morning, I'm just gonna give you a lot of Bible. Are you okay with that? I know you didn't come to hear me, you came to hear from the Lord. And so we're going to give you a lot of Bible verses. By the way, just a quick reminder, if you take notes, and I welcome you to, uh, but I don't want you to get so busy trying to write all this down that you missed the message. I do post my entire outline, all three pages of notes that I've got this morning. They're all, everything's posted on the church website right after the service. Sometime this afternoon, you can go and find it. So uh, in case uh, you get so busy writing down and you lose track, do not get discouraged. All the notes are up there. So rather you listen and not miss what we have today. But I've got a lot of ground to cover, so I'm gonna jump right into this. The word renew in our text is our theme this year. If you look around, you'll see that I just really, at the end of the summer last year, coming into the fall, felt like God wanted us to focus on a spiritual renewal. Last year took a lot out of us. I think this year is gonna take a lot out of us. Especially if you watch the news. I would encourage you not to. Not only because it's depressing and discouraging, but most of it's not even true, okay? And so I would just encourage you maybe to spend less time uh, on Facebook and more time with your face in the book. Uh, but our theme this year, amen, 
This year, our theme is renew. That word is all throughout the scripture in some way, shape, or form. And as you look around the sanctuary, you see we've got uh, some posters with some verses highlighting those words, renew, renewed, renewal, or whatever the case might be. But here, the word literally means to change. It means to alter. It means to change for better. It means to come anew or to sprout again. And I just think it's important this morning to understand that in the scriptures, man does not have the power to renew himself. That's why last week we looked at the premise, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We cannot do it without God. We cannot without a supernatural moving of God experience any kind of a substantial renewal or revival. We need it to be done of the Lord. And so this morning, I'm gonna give you three points. You can write these down and follow along. First of all, I want us to notice the authority of the promise, the authority of the promise. By the way, in verse number 31, it is a promise. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And we know that God can do this. God has the authority to make a promise of this magnitude. In fact, if you'll back up to verse 28, we just read it, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. We find the authority behind this promise is based in none other than our creator, the God of heaven and earth. And we've all experienced the disappointment of people making promises that didn't have the authority to make. There's never been anyone more qualified or more capable of making this promise than God, the one that made it. This promise is backed by an omnipotent, sovereign power. This promise was made by one that has never failed at anything he's ever put his hand to do, he has all the authority necessary to make this promise. And they that wait upon the Lord, as we see in our text, shall renew their strength. He didn't say they might renew. He didn't say they could renew. He didn't say that it's possible or that it's likely. He said they shall renew their strength. That's a promise that you and I can put confidence and trust in today. Turn over to one page to chapter 43 of Isaiah. Let me give you a couple verses. Look at what it says in chapter 43. I'm gonna hurry, I'm gonna preach fast, and so you listen fast, all right? If I give a passage of scripture and you can't turn there, just listen. But in chapter 43, verse 15, look at what he says. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty rivers, which bringeth forth the chariot, the horse, the army, and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. However, I remember, look at verse number 18. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The same God back in chapter 40, verse 31, that said he could renew our strength, reminded him a couple chapters later that he could make a spring and a river in the desert if he wanted to. Is everybody still with me? When he says he can make something new, you can mark it down, he can make something new. The word shall is a promise that you and I can claim. This is a check that is written on the bank of heaven. There's no possibilities of it bouncing or coming back marked insufficient funds. I can assure you that God of heaven's fully authorized to make this promise. Nobody has stole his checkbook. 
Nobody's hacked his account. Nobody's stolen his identity. Nobody's impersonating him. God, the creator of the universe, promised to renew your strength, and he can do it, and you can take that to the bank. To doubt this promise is to doubt the power of God. I'm, I'm, before I move any further, I got a lot of ground to cover, but this authority, when God says he shall renew their strength, the problem is not that God can't, the problem is we just don't believe it. The longer I'm saved, the longer I know God, and the more I know about him and his word, the more ashamed I am of the times I have doubted God. And that's what it boils down to. We doubt God. Put more faith and confidence in our own intellect our own reasoning, our own thought patterns, and we do the power of Almighty God. I just think it's fascinating in the text. He reminded us that he was the creator of the ends of the earth. Which brings me to my second point. Not only do we see the authority of the promise, but secondly, we see the authenticity of the promise. We could say about the first point, the authority, we say that God can. We get to our second point, and we can say that God has. He hasn't just told us he could, he's proven it, he's demonstrated it. Let's be clear, God is fully capable to renew. And not only has this promise from God been authorized, but it has been authenticated. God has not only promised to renew, but he has proven over and over and over again in the word of God that he can renew. Many times throughout the scriptures, this promise to renew has been demonstrated. I was looking through the Bible. I was in so many different places, passages we could have gone to. Uh, but let me just give you, uh, for example, when we talk about renew, when we hear the word renew, and that word is used a lot on the market. Just out of curiosity, I Googled renew products and I couldn't believe how many products were named renew. They've got renew, uh, they've got renew eye drops. But it doesn't make your eyes new. It just moisturizes them. Is everybody still with me? There is a difference. They've got renewed skin moisturizing cream. Doesn't give you new skin. It just greases up the skin you got. Come on now. The list of renewed products are endless, but they really do not renew. It's only a temporary relief. Man's idea of renewal many times is a self-deceptive patch job with temporary improvements. Come on now. Man's idea of renewal is more of a psychological crutch than a literal renewal. Man's idea is self-reformation. Cleaning up oneself, turning over a new leaf, so to speak. Make no mistake, when God makes something new, he makes it new. In fact, I thought about the Bible being filled with illustrations and examples to authenticate God's power to renew. And I thought about how our Bible starts out in Genesis chapter number one. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Then the Spirit of God moved on the face of the water. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God created. He created from nothing. He, he, he didn't just clean it up. He, he, he made everything new. 
I thought about the, the, the mess that we're in right now as a nation, as a country. How desperately we don't need a patch job. We need God to renew. We need God to do something amazing. And he's going to start with his church. He's going to start with the believers. And God has the power to do that. I'm just afraid we don't believe it. I thought about that story over there in, uh, in, in 2 Kings 5 about Naaman. Remember Naaman? He was that, that captain of the host that had leprosy and his wife's little maid told him, oh, oh would to God that you could, that you could uh, meet, meet the prophet. Wish you could meet the prophet, the man of God. He, he could help you with your leprosy and somehow, some way, God moved in his heart to go down and find the man of God. And he stood there and the servant of the man of God said, the man of God said to you, go out there in the River Jordan and dip seven times and you'll be cured, you'll be healed of your leprosy. Make a long story short, the Bible says Naaman went out there in verse number 14, he went down, dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the sayings of the man of God. Watch this, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. His leprosy didn't just go away. His flesh was like unto a little child. Now think about Think about a warrior, a captain of the host with skin like a little child. He went home to his wife. Not only did he not have leprosy, but he didn't even have hair on his legs. Amen. <laughs> That's how I think. Is that crazy or what? i never seen the flesh of a little child with hairy legs. Have you? She's like, my goodness. He made it new. God made it new. If we could get our head wrapped around that. If we could get our head wrapped around the power of God to renew, to take what the world and the devil and our flesh says is beyond help and beyond hope, realize God can renew. I wonder this morning, before I get into my third point, which is really where I want to get, I wonder this morning, do we really believe that God can? Do we even want him to? Or have we gotten so happy with us like we are that we don't want him to renew us? Preacher, I'm a mess. My life's a mess. My marriage is a mess. My home's a mess. My kids are a mess. My mind's a mess. My heart's a mess, but it's my mess. And I, I, I like it like it is. How many of us really are a candidate for our theme verse this year? How many of us really want God to drastically and radically transform us? We say that, but I wonder if we really, really believe it. Now I want to get down to where I was trying to get to. We know he's got the authority. We know he's got the authenticity. We know we've got multiple, and we could just spend an hour going through the Bible looking at stories, not even getting into the New Testament miracles, all the miracles. I mean, he went so far as to raise people from the dead. You can't get any more renewed than that. I'm talking about a man in John 11 that was, a, that was, that was dead and had been dead for four days. He'd already started to rot Jesus called him by the name, by his name, and he came out of the tomb. You say, I don't believe that. Well, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a Bible believer. 
If he can do that, he can do anything. If he can create the world out of nothing, he can do anything. We see thirdly the availability of the promise. When we talk about the authority, we're saying that God can. When we talk about the authenticity, we're saying that God has. When we talk about the availability, we're saying that God will. If you'll let him. If you're, if you're serious about God renewing, some people enjoy being faint and weary. Gives them something to complain about. You know I'm telling the truth. That's not a very good testimony. But people have learned not to ask you how you're doing because they don't really want you to tell them. Some people you'll learn the hard way. You don't ask them how you're doing, they'll tell you. You just shake their hand and say, it's good to see you, sister. Good to see you, brother. You don't ask them how they're doing. They enjoy being faint and weary. They enjoy being wore down. They enjoy being frazzled. They enjoy living off the fumes. But I don't. I'm a candidate for whatever God wants to do. And I admitted to you at the beginning of this series, last year took a toll on me. Took a toll on all of us. Emotionally and mentally, psychologically, spiritually, physically, you name it, financially some of you. Last year, you took a beating. If we don't get renewed now, I don't know that we're going to make it through 2021. Because from where I'm standing, it don't look much better. Come on now. We see the availability of the promise. I'm going to break this down into two sections. We're going to look at it, the availability for the believer, and then we're going to look at it, the availability for the unbeliever. But let's look at the believer for just a minute. The promise that God has made in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 31 is a promise that God has made to the child of God. And I never cease to be amazed at the saved people feel that they are the single exception to God's promises. Listen to me now. They respond to a promise from God with, but you don't understand. God said, this is what I can do. This is what I will do. This is what I want to do. And then we say, but, but that's for everybody but me. My situation is so unique. My, my circumstances are so bad. My, my life's in such a mess that that promise doesn't apply to me. I am the exception to God's promise. They proceed to try and explain how their situation is completely outside of God's ability to change. Come on now. They work so hard to find grounds for limiting God's renewing in their life that when they hear the word renew, revive, restore, they immediately just brush it off as that does not apply to me. Their level of fainting and weariness is somehow beyond God's ability to renew. Have I got your attention? Have you forgotten the extent of his renewing power that he performed in your life when you were, let me say it, born again? Isn't that a phrase we use out of John 3? You must be born again. Can we agree that would be the ultimate renewal? Of course, Nicodemus didn't get it. Smart as smart as he was, he tripped over his brain, didn't get it. Made one of the dumbest statements recorded in Scripture. How can a man when he's old enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Uh, Nicodemus, uh, over here, pal. 
except the man be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. When you got saved, was that not the greatest miracle that God ever has and ever will perform in your life? Ephesians 2 says, you which were dead hath he quickened. He made you alive, or as Brother Sammy would say, he brought you out of the graveyard. You were dead in trespasses and sins, and he quickened you, and he made you alive. That was the ultimate renewal. If you're saved, that has happened to you. Anything after that is a piece of cake. Preacher, you just don't understand, my life's a mess. But you was going to hell. You was an enemy of God. Stay with me now. You was under the wrath and the judgment of God. On your way to a devil's hell, you was a child of Satan. And he saved you. And he breathed life into you. Now you're saved. You're going to heaven. You're a child of God. You got the Holy Spirit living within you. Talk to me now. Tell me now what it is in your life. That's so bad, God can't fix it. I got to hear this. Lay it on me. Are you faint and weary? He knew you would get that way. That's why he said in Hebrews 12, 3, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Maybe when you get faint and weary, maybe you ought to just go back to Calvary. That's what he's talking about in Hebrews 12. Consider him. Yeah, endured the cross, despising the shame. Go back and think about Calvary. Think about what happened at Calvary. And when you get faint and weary in your mind, go back there. When we, when we came to him for salvation, he didn't just do a spit polish. He didn't just wipe you off and clean you up. He transformed us. He regenerated us. Come on now. Help me out. We were, we were regenerated. You know, some lizards, if you cut their tail off, it grows back. We learned that in science. I used to live in a place I had a lot of lizards. There were a lot of them around here. I used to live down in the tropics in the Samoan Islands. We had geckos and all in the house. You go hit them with a flip-flop, and their tail, you, you miss them, and their tail fall off. Next time you see them, they got a new tail. It'd be a different color, but they had a tail. Yeah. <laughs> it's called regeneration. You cut off a starfish's leg. Now, I ain't never done that. I don't know anybody would want to, but if it happens, it, it'll grow back. It's called regeneration. Well, when you and I got saved, it was a divine act of regeneration. Y'all getting this? Our words renew. I don't believe he can. Of course he can. He already has. If you're saved, he has. If you're a child of God, he's already done it. He started over. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Sounds like renew to me. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. He can, and he has, and he will. 
Sounds to me like he knows what he's doing. If you're saved, you are a new creature. Now, unfortunately for those of us, many of us, he didn't change our looks too much. Except maybe turn the smile upside down. Maybe something if you got saved and he made you look better. Some of you witnessed to your mother-in-law for the first time in your life. That was bad, wasn't it, Brother Burner? I'll take that back. <laughs> but he changed you. You became a new creature. If you're saved, old things really did pass away. Yeah. If you got saved, all things really are become new. Right. Amen. Well, not with me. You might not be saved. It does say, if any man be in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Preacher, are you preaching a work salvation? No, I'm preaching salvation that works. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on our discipleship material, and we're about halfway there. Finished lesson six this week. I'm halfway to 12. I'll probably work on it a lot this week while I'm on vacation, knowing me. But one of the lessons talked about what happened when we got saved. Lesson two, not about what happened when we got saved, because a lot of people saved but don't really realize all that happened. Right. And I've been saved for 40-something years, 43 years, 44 years, and I still haven't begun to scratch the surface of what really happened to me when I got saved. Come on now. It's overwhelming what all happened. I went before years old. I knelt down lost, got up saved. I knelt down a child of hell, woke up, got up a child of God. And there's no way I can comprehend what all happened. It's so it's amazing. But just let me throw a few things at you right quick. Don't write all this down. It's on, it'll be on the internet if you want to look at it. Just listen. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he made you a new creature. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 15, he gave you a new family. Can I get a witness? Preacher, you just don't understand my family. So dysfunctional. Guess what? He gave you a new one. Galatians 4, 6 and 7, he gave you a new father. Yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 13 through 18, he gave you a new inheritance. Yeah. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, he gave you a new mind. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Ezekiel eleven nineteen, 19, he gave you a new heart. Yeah. Took out that heart of stone, gave you a heart of flesh. Gave you one he could squeeze. Sometimes he squeezes my heart and it runs out my ear, my eyes, not my ears, my eyes. <laughs> if it ever runs out my ears, I'm going to the doctor. But it runs out my eyes all the time. I told my wife this week, I said, I've got to where I cry about everything anymore. I cry all the time. I'm crying now. Talk about crying, start crying. It gets surreal. It gets so real. Squeezes that old heart of flesh. Used to it was a heart of stone. Nothing happened. Just, yeah. you, just, you just bow up. You'd bow up at God. You'd bow up, you'd bow up at the truth. You'd bow up at the word of God. Now, he give you a heart of flesh. He squeezes it. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Gave you a new heart. Isaiah 66, 22 gave you a new name. 1 Peter 2, 2 9, he gave you a new identity. Times past, we were not a people. But now the people of God. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, he gave us a new life. 
and he's building me a new mansion in the new Jerusalem. Can I get a witness? That's all the new stuff that happened when you got saved. Now, won't you, won't you sit down and run that by me again, your problem that's so big God can't fix it. I want to hear this. I want to hear this. We'll write a book about it and you'll be famous. First person in history that's got a problem God can't fix. Because that's what your doubt boils down to. All these promises and all God's power is absolutely not applicable to you because your circumstances are beyond God's reach. I'm telling you this morning that it's available. If God was able to do all of that when he saved you, do you not believe he could renew your strength? Am I going too fast for you? Do you still doubt? Think he put his hand on you and breathed new life into you and use you again? Some of you, God used to use you in a major way somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way. Maybe something happened. Maybe you got hurt in church. There are people watching online right now. We got people watching right now that don't even go to church. I'm glad they're watching. I'm glad you're watching. Don't turn it off. There's people that don't even go to church anymore because they got hurt so bad. I mean, they used to be up to there, they used to be up to here involved in ministry. And they question whether God could ever breathe on them and put his hand on them again. I'm trying to help you this morning. You still got some tread on you. We don't need you over there in the bleachers. We need you down here on the field. We don't need any more spectators. We need some participators. Amen. Where are we at? When you get faint and weary from the struggles and from the battle, do you really believe God's promise to renew your strength? Or have you just thrown your hands up and said, I guess I'll just pant all the way to the pearly gates with my tongue hanging out? I'm not interested in doing that. Well, let me move over to the unbeliever right quick. By the way, 2 Peter 3, 8, 3, 13 says that we're looking for new heavens and a new earth. He's gonna, this earth's going to melt away with a fervent heat. We say, oh yeah, we believe he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, but he can't make a new you. He can't renew your strength. Think about it a minute. The magnitude of our doubt. We talked about his availability of this promise for the believer, but can I make an application this morning for the unbeliever? Because if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, whether you realize it or not, you also are faint and weary and in desperate need of the Creator to renew your strength spiritually. In fact, Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You remember what it was like before you got saved? Huh? Remember? The guilt, the pain, the frustration. Remember the chains of addiction that had you bound? Remember the times you said, I ain't going to do it no more, and you did it again? I'm going to do better, and you couldn't? You were a slave. You were in bondage, and he saved you. But if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, you are still in that bondage. And I'm telling you this morning, 
to claim the promises of God in Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 31. You must first trust in God's promise to save you as a sinner. Listen to me now. He's promised if you'll come to him. Believing, John 6, 37. All the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. What a verse. Preacher, I've done too much. I'm too wrong. I'm too sinful. I'm too wicked. You just don't know. You just don't understand. I do know that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. And as we've seen, there's power in the blood. You're not able to save yourself. A lot of people's trying. You can't save yourself, but God can. Hebrews 7, 25, wherefore he's able also to save them to the uttermost. As one preacher said, he saves from the uttermost to the guttermost. You can't be too bad. You can't do too much wrong. That his blood can't save you. Preacher, you just don't understand. I know this, that he made the heavens and the earth, and if he can do that, he can save you. I believe in a, I believe he created the heavens and the earth, don't you? He promised in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. It's a promise of renewal for the unbeliever that comes to him in faith. Every single one of us in here that's been saved could not get saved without God. If you did it by yourself or without God, you didn't get saved. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God did it. He did it all. He also said in Romans chapter 1, verse number 16, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. God can renew, revive. He can save you. He can make a new creature out of you if you will just put your faith and trust in him as an unbeliever. I wonder how many people's in here this morning never been saved. I wonder how many people sitting in this service right now, you've never been born again. Now, you may have cleaned up. You may have got baptized, joined a church, you know, started doing some stuff, stopped doing some stuff. That's not salvation. Salvation is not, not reformation. It's regeneration. In football, they have what they call a false start. I hate a false start, especially when it's my team just scored a touchdown and it don't count because somebody was offsides. I hate all that running and all that, all, all that's accomplished, the touchdown, none of it counts because you didn't start right. We got a lot of people that are living the Christian life, but they've never been saved. None of it counts. None of it counts. False start. Many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works and then I will say unto them, depart from me. I never knew you, ye that work iniquity. It didn't count. None of it counted because you didn't get saved. And I'm going to tell you why some people is faint and weary because they're doing it by themselves without God. And I'm telling you, he will renew your strength. 
You may look around and say, I wonder how they can always smile. I wonder how they can always be so happy. I wonder how they can always be so faithful. I wonder how they can always seem to have a spring in their step. And I wonder how they can do joy in their, in their, in their heart and a song on their lips. How can they always do that? It's because they're letting God do it. You won't have it any other way. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I wonder if God spoke to your heart this morning. Have you in your heart been guilty of saying, God cannot renew my strength? He can't renew me as a person. He can't renew my home, my family, my situation, whatever it might be. We can just look at all kinds of hypotheticals this morning, but we're just keeping it general. God cannot. I'm telling you, God can they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You may be here this morning and you say, Pastor Shifflin, I'm not even sure if I died right now, I would go to heaven. To the best of my ability, I believe the Bible. I love, I love the Lord. I'm here. I'm in church on a Sunday morning. But if you were to really just back me up in the corner and ask me about when and where and how I got saved, I don't know that I have an answer for that. And I'm concerned about where I'm going to spend eternity enough that I want you to pray for me. I wonder if there'd be somebody this morning that would just slip your hand up quietly and say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? We wouldn't embarrass you for nothing in this world. We just want to be a blessing to you. If you'd let us today, somebody would be so honored to take a Bible and help you. We just want to help you. If you don't want us to help you, we won't help you. But if you would just want somebody to pray with you, somebody to talk to, It'd be our greatest honor. Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. Would you slip your hand up? Anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Anybody, anywhere? I'm looking all around, looking all around. While she plays, the, offering, the altar is open right now. Would you come? If God spoke to your heart during the message, 